What are the five email marketing fundamentals to really thrive results? So I would say, first of all, your offer. Second, being able to write every single day with like good content, like we talked about. Third would be that little checklist of things I talked about for like a good subject line and like good copywriting. Fourth would be just making sure that you're sending as often as you can and just staying in communication with people. Um, and then fifth would just be, you know, just do the thing, just send it, just like, you know, come off as a friend when you write and just, just put yourself out there and, and go do it and start now instead of just uh, trying to make everything so perfect. Welcome to the Powerful Marketing Tips Podcast, created for overwhelmed business owners who want to build, run, and organize their marketing for good. And here's a brief overview of our guest. Are you using email marketing to grow your business? Well, today's guest, Troy Erickson, will share his best insights on how to level up with email marketing. Troy Erickson is the owner of Email Paramedic, the leading email list management agency that has generated over $50 million for their clients since 2019 by improving email copy and deliverability. Troy has worked with Traffic and Funnels, The Sales Mentor, 10X Advisor Network, Sam Ovens, Jason Capital, and hundreds of other noteworthy clients. He was also ranked as the number 20 copywriter in the world by Peter Tsimas from Traffic and Funnels. On top of that, Troy is a musician and former college basketball player currently residing in Tampa, Florida. And we also want to give special thanks to Troy, of course, for sponsoring this episode. So without further ado, let's learn how to level up our email marketing. Hi, friends. It's Marilis here. And today we are going to have another practical episode as we will talk about how to level up with email marketing. Welcome, Troy, to our podcast. Hey, Marilis. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited. Thank you. So before diving into today's topic, we would love to get to know you a little better. Please briefly tell us who you are, where you are from, and what you do in your free time. Sure, yeah. So I'm Troy. Um, I grew up in South Bend, Indiana, which is not too far from the University of Notre Dame. Um, I pretty much just grew up playing baseball. That's all I ever wanted to do. And um, ended up playing in high school, in college, had a little bit of a problem like mentally playing after an injury that I had to my elbow. Um, I got cut from the team as a senior and it kind of led, like it was really embarrassing at the time, but eventually led me into this whole marketing space. You know, I could talk about that for days, but yeah, um, now I live in Tampa, Florida. I love the sun. I love traveling with my fiance, Julia, and we pretty much just um, go to nice places and, and build our businesses together. So um, I'm happy to be here. Oh, that's that's amazing. We all love sun, right? So, but I know that you have this incredible story. You already mentioned, you know, from hard-headed college baseball player who suffered from an injury to a multi-seven-figure business a few years later. Please tell us about that a little bit because you you have you have had some journey here. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. So to elaborate, like I said, baseball was my life and mm -hmm. I like like I'm happy it was for at least a period of time because it just taught me the fundamentals of like hard work and persistence and like me and my dad every single day practice, practice, practice. That's like all we did. 
And it, it instilled so many like good traits in me as a kid that, you know, every parent wants to like give those traits to their kid as well someday, um, as do I. But on the negative side, right, it's like you become very, very, very obsessed with being the best and mm -hmm. with like not taking anything else uh, as an answer and just working, working, working all day. And as entrepreneurs, that happens a lot, too. But anyway, it's like, you know, in high school, I had something that's called Tommy John surgery. Tommy John was the first guy to have the surgery a while ago. It's basically you tear a ligament in your elbow and you can't throw anymore for a year because it's a year-long recovery process. So I worked my butt off and made it through that in high school, which is very rare, made it to college, and then that's the time when I basically had some mental complications where like, I was wondering, like, hey, am I still injured? What's going on? And there was a lot of like, internal anxiety just about throwing a baseball, which is something that every baseball player should be able to do, but all of a sudden I couldn't do it. I couldn't play catch, I wasn't accurate, and that's why I got cut as a senior. And at the time, I literally, like, I didn't go outside anymore for like the next mm -hmm. two weeks until one of my friends was like, hey, like, we should go outside, we should go to the gym. I just hung out at the house because I was literally so embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And like, during that time, I dove more into like some basically like marketing videos on like Facebook ads and like a course that I bought and just, and he has something to do. So I really dove deeper into this, got some jobs on Upwork, um, ended up meeting a couple of, of, of cool clients that you know are still friends to this day. And I got my start in Facebook ads. And eventually I, I kind of realized that some of my clients were, were struggling and I couldn't figure out why. And one day one of them wanted to fire me and I only had two clients, so I couldn't afford to lose them. Uh, so I asked them like, hey, like, why are you firing me? I, I can't really figure this out. The, you know, the cost per lead is not bad right now. And basically, they admitted that their emails weren't making any money. So I was getting them all these leads, but their emails weren't making money. And they were like, I'm sorry, we have to let you go. And I said, no, I'm going to figure out this problem because I can't afford to lose you. So I had just a little bit of experience from a previous client tampering with emails, trying to figure out how to make them work. And they, eventually they agreed, they let me sign into their <clears throat> active campaign where they send emails from. So I went ahead and did that and it turned out that they weren't sending many emails. They were all like really bad and they were just like straight pitches. And then mm -hmm. they were all going to spam, which are like the three big things that a lot of business owners struggle with. And I just went ahead and I fixed those things for them. Obviously they loved it because I almost 4X their revenue from 13K a month to 51 over the course of that summer. So then I started doing that for my other clients. And then eventually I was like, wait, why am I even doing Facebook ads anymore? Because there's a whole bunch of people doing that and there's nobody doing this. So I just switched gears and um, eventually joined some masterminds, really networked with a lot of people who also needed help with this. And then today I have an entire agency around it called Email Paramedic. And um, you know, we write email copy and we solve deliverability problems and, and we do it all for you. Um, and then on the side, we also have a certification program. So that's kind of how I started and how it evolved into what it is today. Oh my God, there was a lot. So <laughs> thank you for sharing that. For That's, that's uh, an amazing story because I really love how you, you out of uh, 
being bored, <laughs> started to learn yourself and really worked, you know, your way uh, up to, to being an, you know, a freelancer. That's, that's a great story, I think. And I hope, every, I hope you can still play some baseball today also. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, right now it just, it still gives me that same anxiety. That's one thing that I haven't figured out is like, there's certain triggers and, and not just this, but like in anybody's life, there's certain triggers when you think of them, you just kind of tense up. And I've done a lot of mental work as well, because this is so much more than business. It's just about like understanding your own brain. Um, and it's just one of those things that creates a lot of anxiety for me. So I want to figure it out eventually, but we'll see what happens. Well, I really hope you do figure that out because I can see it's important for you. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've made good strides, so we'll see. And um, the funny thing is when you start diving into one like little area of your brain and some things that you mm -hmm. mentally struggle with, it helps you in other areas of your life tremendously as well. So um, it, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, of course. Our minds are very, very, you know, intelligent. <laughs> So let's dive into the, the focus topic today. Let's talk about email marketing. You already mentioned how you fixed, you know, those issues for your clients. So me and our listeners here, we also hope you can fix some, uh, some things for us, <laughs> for, for our email marketing here today. So we use a content creation framework also with our coaching clients where email marketing has a special place. So I, I see this, you know, as a vital for lead generation and uh, brand awareness and many things. And you already brought up, you know, the Facebook yourself and compared it with, uh, with the Facebook ads. So please, I would love to hear your thoughts, you know, around pros and cons when it comes to email marketing, because there are so many people out there who say that, you know, email marketing is dead or, you know, whatever. <laughs> so what are your thoughts? Yeah, just to to reframe it a little bit, it's more about like like people just have so many beliefs, right? Because there's so many people on the internet talking about, oh, you should do this, you should do that, you should do the mm -hmm. other thing. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, you just have to view email as another platform where people are going to hear from you and where you're going to build that know, like, and trust relationship mm -hmm. with them. And the hang-up that a lot of people have with email that they don't have with like Instagram, for example, is like nobody says on Instagram, oh, if I post too much, I'm going to annoy people. But when it comes to email, all these business owners are like, oh, if I send too many emails, I'm going to annoy people. But what they don't realize is that it's not about like how many you're sending, right? Like, let's say, you know, using me as an example, if somebody sent me seven great emails every week about baseball, I wouldn't unsubscribe if they're really good. So at the end of the day, it's like just understand that if you're putting out valuable content to people, they're not going to leave. They're not going to get annoyed. Now, obviously, there will be a few people who leave is just not a great fit for them. That's totally OK, because you want to focus on, you know, like the 80 20 rule. It's like 20 percent of people are absolutely going to love your stories and your emails that you send out, assuming you actually send them out. Um, and then of those people, you know, there's going to be 20% of them who just spend a lot of money with you. Um, mm -hmm. So it's really, and I know you have your own framework, but for me personally, I'm not pitching every day. The emails mm -hmm. that people don't like is when it's like, hey, 20% off, big sale today. Oh, check out our new blog post, like things like that, right? It's just very common. But my best emails, frankly, 
like I said, I sell about half the time and the other half, like I've written stories about the lessons I learned when my grandfather died. I've written stories about, you know, the one that I just told about like my life prior to this business. I've mm -hmm. written emails and, and told stories about people who have tried to like rip off some of my offers and copy me. And when I've done that, people have really resonated with it and they find it entertaining because you have to remember that people are people. We love entertainment. We love memes. We love stories. We love humor. And sometimes we really dive into like emotional stories. And when mm -hmm. things weren't going great, because people can relate to that, and then they see how you've you know conquered something in your life, and, and it really inspires them. So telling stories like that about half the time, and then you can sell something. You know, the email doesn't have to be a straight pitch, but you can sell something about the you know the other half of the time. So it's just really getting that that mental block out of your head that you can't mm -hmm. send many emails, right? Like I send one almost every single day. And obviously, it's worked well for me. We do the same thing for our clients. Uh, we tell a lot of stories. And um, yeah, that's, that's the main thing that I would want to get across to people. Because a lot of people, they're like, wait, you send every day? I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. of course I do. <laughs> but even if you, you mentioned half of your emails are with a call to action to do your services or sales or something. That's, that even sounds a lot to me because... You also mentioned 80-20 rule, and um, I know that it is, um, some coaches also teach that you should um, uh, you should share valuable information, you know, 80% of the time, and only 20% should be around, you know, call to action and, uh, and about what they can buy from you. So have you, have you noticed that uh, this half uh, half time being sales you know sales oriented is it like um, has it really helped you to grow your business yeah so to be clear on that too when i say in half the emails i sell mm -hmm. those that half is not like straight pitches right so it's not like hey mm -hmm. i have this big thing for sale here's why you should buy it here's the link a lot of times what i'll do too is i'll tell a story that's like related to the thing that i'm mm -hmm. selling so then, you know, the majority of the email is me telling the story and kind of getting the point across and like instilling a belief. And then the very bottom of the email, sometimes just in the PS as well, I'll be selling something that kind of relates back to the story. So, yeah, when people say like 80, 20, you know, sell 20 percent of the time, that's totally fine. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, you know, phrased in a little bit different way. But, yeah, um, ultimately, you got to give people a chance to, to buy something at some point. And if you do a really good job telling stories, it doesn't really feel like a sale. It just kind of feels like uh, if I'm receiving your emails and I like you and I'm about mm -hmm. to buy something, the feeling should be like, I really like this person and I'm excited to be like deeper into their community, like learn more of their thought process and kind of just see how they operate as a business person and as a human and just really get a deeper insight into who they are and how they think because they like your stories so much. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it definitely helps a ton. Um, another thing that uh, a lot of businesses should do as well. So let's just say you have like a roofing company called Joe's Roofing. Um, a lot of times people, they'll just put the name in the company, but when I send my emails, the from name, I always wanna put my name, and then maybe you could put like your name, like dash the company. Um, so you just always wanna make sure that there's some element of your name in there 
so people can have a better reading relationship with you. Whereas if it's just a company name, people aren't always sure like who's speaking to them, who's typing the email. And when they have like one person to focus on who they can build their reading relationship with, it helps tremendously as well. So that's something that um, a lot of people uh, should probably implement if they're not already. Mm-hmm. No, there are some very good points and uh, there are many of them even. So I, I want to highlight those. So people work with people, not with companies. I agree with you 100%. Another thing, I'm a big fan of no like and trust. You know, my background is also from psychology and I align psychology a lot with with marketing. Um, and, um, and I agree with you that you should build this relationship and it doesn't matter where, is it offline, online, in real life, you know, wherever and um, and I really want to um, also highlight that compared to Facebook Instagram you know other platforms those emails are really your fan base right and when I say that I mean that you know if uh, one day Facebook <laughs> decides to close it to close that platform then you actually lose everybody who's there that's first and second as far as i can see right now you may have you know thousands of followers but still they don't see your message there so what are your thoughts around around that yeah, it's really interesting too, and I mean you're you're right on there. But um, the other point that I want to get across too is like the people who are willing to put in their email address, they have a more like intimate reading relationship with you, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're just so much more willing to, you know, just get to know you more and eventually buy things mm-hmm. because it's almost like the the email list is an exclusive pass. It, it's it's just a different kind of way, right? Because an Instagram post. It's out there to the world, but in an email, it just feels like it, it's a more of like a one-on-one, like, hey, I sent you an email. And sure, like a bunch of other people got the email too, but it's just like, hey, when you're reading it, it's just you and that person, kind of like a book, right? You don't feel mm-hmm. the, the pressure of like other people watching you. But, um, mm-hmm. and then to your other point too, like I've done a lot more on social media lately too. You know, I've learned a lot from Jason Capital and uh, Ryan McGinn when it comes to posting on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube shorts. And those Mm -hmm. platforms are great. They get a lot of organic reach at the moment. They really do. But the downside is those those short form videos, the majority of your viewers on that are people who do not follow you, which is good Mm -hmm. in one sense. But after people follow you, I look at my stats and only like maybe five to 10% of my followers will actually see the messages that I'm putting out. And, you know, people will complain about email and say, hey, the open rates aren't as good as they used to be, but they're a heck of a lot better than five to 10% if you're doing things right. So um, it's just kind of crazy, you know, social media, there's so many algorithms at play, there's so many mm-hmm. bans on, you know, people saying things and things could get shut down and people just don't see the messages often. So, you know, there's pros and cons to each, but email is just a very special place where it's almost like you're reading a digital book each day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. <laughs> and my mind goes right now, there are, there are so many details we could talk about. So let's, let's briefly discuss, you know, this, the skills 
one, one business owner should uh, should have in order to really uh, start using uh, email marketing or you know what kind of uh, maybe um, knowledge he should gain in order to really start uh, start with uh, with that you know in a in a nice way <laughs> yeah so to Elaborate on the first point. I, um, I think it, it's pretty clear that you know sending more emails is good as long as you've got good stories to tell. The next thing I would say is is really important is just being able to um, to have good offers to send out and think about like okay like how did these people get on my email list and think about like okay did they express interest in a service was it a certain lead magnet. What did you say in the ad? Or, you know, if you're like a physical business, did they come in? Like, like what did you entice them with to get on your list? And mm -hmm. odds are, people generally want more of the same. So whatever it is that got them onto the list, you should logically be selling them either more of the same or whatever the next step up is. And that's something, you know, it's going to be very different for every business. But just being able to understand like why people are here, like why did they sign up and then just double mm -hmm. down on that because obviously they gave you some level of commitment when they joined. Now you just have to double down on that and then keep them on the right track. Um, another really good thing that I think a lot of business owners should implement too, uh, especially if you only sell products, is implementing some kind of high ticket offer, right? Because at the end of the day, if I sell something that's like $100 or less, and my goal is to make, you know, let's say 10 grand, um, you have to sell a lot of those, right? You have to sell 100 of those at $100 to make 10 grand. But let's mm -hmm. say you have a high ticket offer that's, you know, $1,000, you only have to sell 10. Or if it's $5,000, you only have to sell two. And if you tell enough good stories, or, you know, maybe you have in the past, I promise you, there are at least a few people on your email list who really like you, and would 100% buy that high ticket offer right now if you had one. And that is just a very like eye-opening thing that I experienced when I first started is, hey, I just need to create something that's more expensive and gives people you know, a good amount of value. And I can make way more money literally just by creating that offer and having a higher ticket price. So the easiest way, in my opinion, is you think about what they bought in the past, what they're interested in, and you basically create a version of that that's either like done for you or they get faster results, they get better results, they can connect with more people like them, uh, things like that where it's more exclusive and it's more just like you know working with you personally maybe. Um, mm -hmm. You could just open a Calendly account, create a call calendar, send an email about it like, hey, launch this new thing and then you know just include some of the details. If you're interested, click here book a call. I'm just going to make sure it's a good fit for the program. And you'll be surprised. There's going to be a few people that book and you literally might just be a few days away if you set all this up from closing some high, extra high ticket sales. So um, yeah, I would say the offer is definitely the, the next most important thing. And then after that would be deliverability. But that's a, a whole nother question. I agree with you. And then uh... And I haven't thought about the adding the high ticket, you know, offer to especially to the um, uh, to someone who has like an e-shop or something. But that's that's an interesting idea. But before, you know, even <laughs> thinking about adding this high ticket um, 
option for there. There are so many obstacles on the way. I mean, you should be good at copywriting. You should know all about the platforms. <laughs> there is, you know, uh, words like A-B testing, opt-in, opt-out. Let's talk about those things also a little bit because business owners who are listening to us, they're like, okay, it sounds like easy thing for you, <laughs> but, but uh, I've never done this. So give us some ideas. Yeah, so in the terms of how I like portray it to people, obviously, you know, talk about value and being able to like have good stories to tell. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I like to do is literally on my phone, I just have like a running list of like weird things that happen to me each day or like interesting <laughs> lessons or maybe I see something on TV that's kind of interesting. And then you just build this giant list of talking points. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where a lot of those ideas come from. And then ultimately, let's just say you're, you know, you're new and you're starting out and you're like, how do I implement all this? Okay. So the first thing I'm going to do is work on my welcome email, right? Because that's the very first email that people are going to see when mm -hmm. they join your list. And you want to make sure it's directly congruent to the thing that they opted in for. So if you gave them like a free lead magnet, that was three tips to increase sales. And obviously you want the subject line of that first email to be three tips to increase sales. So it's 100% congruence. And then in there, you pretty much just say like, hey, um, uh, it's so-and-so, thanks so much for opting in for three tips to increase sales. Um, here's a little bit about me. And then you just tell them like a, two or three lines of credibility and then maybe put some bullet points, like here's what you're going to learn in this um, ebook or whatever it is. And mm -hmm. then you drop the link. Um, email number two, what I like to do is have a reply email. So just say like, hey, first name, what's your biggest problem or question about blank? Where blank would be like increasing sales or whatever it is that you do. Um, and what you'll notice is that a lot of people will reply back and they'll literally tell you exactly what they're struggling with. And as you know, business is literally just providing solutions to a problem. So if people are telling you their problems, you know exactly what you should be writing about in the future. Um, mm -hmm. Email number three is typically going to be me telling my story. Um, so everybody has their story. A lot of people, for some reason, they think their story isn't good enough, but I promise you it is. You just have to believe that it is because as long as it's relatable, as long as there's other people in your niche, in your industry who can relate to it in some way, shape or form, that's a great story. Um, and then email number four, I'll usually just like elaborate a little bit on the thing that they opted in for and I'll give them some more insights on like how to use it and just give them like very simple instructions. And then after that, like you could maybe do one, two or three more emails about the thing they opted in for, but, um, and then obviously any upsell emails as well. But after that, I pretty much take that list of like interesting stories that I experience in my life or like my best um, performing emails from the past. And I just put those at the bottom of the sequence because I already know that they're interesting or they're good or they've done well in the past. So after we've got, you know, the lead magnet and the reply and like the about me and all that stuff out of the way, after that, I just start sending them the next like uh, emails that are from the best performers that uh, other people have seen in the past. So that's kind of how I would build out that welcome sequence. Um, as far as like subject lines, because a lot of people ask about that, um, mm -hmm. subject lines are not necessarily the most important thing to get more opens. And there's a lot of other things you can do with deliverability, but obviously subject lines are still important. So you always want to mix um, 
as many things as you can into your emails, especially into the subject lines, uh, out of these things. So um, if you want to write them down, it would be like obviously curiosity. Um, second would be a benefit, so like what's in it for me. Um, third would be some kind of relatability. Fourth would be some sort of credibility, right? So like if you're giving these tips out, like who has used these tips? Like has Warren Buffett used these tips? Um, or is it just Joe Schmo who's using them, right? Um, next would just be some kind of like time frame to achieve the result, right? So if I use these tips, how quickly should I expect results? Um, and then obviously like testimonials too um, are a really good like thing to put in. So obviously you can't really include all those things in the same email usually, especially not in subject line, otherwise it would be so long. Um, but those are like examples of really good things um, that you can insert into your copy, whether it's a subject or the body of the email um, that are just really, it's like a good checklist to have handy where if you're like, gosh, I don't know if this is good copy or not. You can just say like, okay, well, I included a lot of credibility, relatability, I was very specific, I maybe put in a testimonial. So when you look at those things, you can kind of figure like, okay, this email is definitely gonna do uh, at least okay, and it's probably gonna do good because I made sure I put in all those things. Um, mm -hmm. And then your last question about like opt-outs. Yeah, most um, ESPs, so the companies that, you know, you, you send the email from their platform, they'll automatically put one in there, and if somebody clicks that, they'll be opted out. So um, you don't really have to worry too much about that. And like I said, sometimes people will opt out, and that's okay. It just means that they weren't directly interested. I always want to make sure I'm talking to people who are very excited as opposed to the people who are kind of just like so, so excited about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So many good ideas. I wrote those down, you know, the subject line ideas. <laughs> but I also wanted to ask about call to actions. You know, how many of them should be in one letter? Because sometimes I see there's only, you know, one. And uh, but there's also emails, you know, with uh, five different call to action buttons. And maybe in uh, in some business, maybe it's good, you know, because there are some people who push the first button and there are other people using the, the next button. Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I usually, first of all, I usually don't put buttons. I usually just put... Okay, not buttons. I mean, yeah. Um, and well, there's a very specific reason too, right? Because and another thing I forgot to mention as well um, that will help with this is a lot of people, they'll like spend a lot of time designing their emails. And what I found is that the more simple the email it is, the better it performs. And the reason why I think that is, is because if I send you an email and there's like a big graphic at the top of it, I just get the sense that you're trying to sell me something right away. Whereas like when I send my emails, if you're on my list, um, you opt in and then I just like write. There's really not many images or anything unless I'm using an image to help tell a story. And it just mm -hmm. feels more personal that way, like a friend is sending you the email. But as far as call to actions go, when I'm putting those in the email, it's a lot of people try to put as many as possible, but for me, I only want to put them in after I've gotten to the main point, right? Like I don't want to put one in the first sentence because if somebody clicks that, then they haven't gotten the context from the rest of my writing in order to understand what they're clicking on and like what they're getting into and what the landing page is going to say and all of that. So you mm -hmm. just really want to make sure that people have enough context, right? So let's say I'm writing about a specific product and I have like three really good points I wanna make. 
Well, maybe I put one call to action after the first point, I put another one after the second point, and I put another one after the third point. So maybe if the first point really resonates with people, they're like, oh, I'm sold, I'm doing this. And so they just click the link right away. Um, but other people, maybe they have to read two points. Maybe they have to read three points. Um, so you, you don't want to put too many in there. You just want to put it in like after you've said something that, that's really good or is like very relatable and people will read that and be like, oh, okay. And then they have enough information to go to the landing page and make an informed decision. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Just to clarify here, when I said call to action button, I didn't, you know, mean the actual button. <laughs> I just meant, you know, the call to actions. But it's very good that you already touched this also because design was my, you know, next topic I wanted to discuss because I agree with you. Uh, sometimes we spend so much time, uh, you know, just to design uh, the beautiful letter, but the more you design it, the less authentic it really is, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's just about being relatable to people, and you just have to understand that the reason so many business owners think that you're supposed to do it that way is because they get emails from huge companies like Walmart. And they're like, well, Walmart's emails have huge graphics, so I should probably do that too. But they're not thinking like, hey, you know, Walmart's on a different level. They, it, it's not like there's one person who's running that business. It's like a huge group of investors and they're worried about valuation and, and the stock price and like so many other things that are going on. And they'd be, they're very, very careful. And there's so many lawyers looking at everything. So when you're more of like a newer business owner or maybe you're a solopreneur or obviously you're a lot smaller, it's really important to build those relationships and just come across as relatable as opposed to, you know, spending so much time on design. And then the mm -hmm. final point I'll make too is like design can be overwhelming. You start thinking about, you know, all the reasons why people don't send. And a lot of times it's because they just get overwhelmed and they think it takes too mm -hmm. much time and like design mm -hmm. is a big part of that. So um, anything that prevents you from just doing it and like clicking the send button, just don't do that right now. You can always come back later and you can add stuff in. But for right now, like the biggest thing that's going to make you more money is just sending and like being in communication with people. <laughs> that's very good. Just send it out. But there, there are so many, you know, things I, I would love to ask, but I want to touch also, um, what should we do with that, with those con contacts or emails? I mean, should we build different lists? What, you know, should we automate some emails? And um, also, I want to touch the question: What should we do with uh, those emails which are not active in our base? Yeah, so that's a good point. Um, I don't do a ton of different like segmenting inside of my main list. Now, of course, if somebody buys a certain product or they opt in in a certain way, then what I'll do is I'll run them through the automation, kind of like we talked about earlier with like email one, two, three, four, five, et cetera. Um, but once that's over and they've gotten pretty much everything they need related to their purchase or their opt-in, then they kind of fall into like a general pool where I send my like daily broadcast. So like the email, I, like I write a fresh email pretty much every day. Um, the only time people get automated emails is like after they take some kind of action they're like buying or opting in so other than that they're in a pool um where i'm pretty much sending daily content and then they stay in that pool until they buy something else at which point they go into a different automation 
And then once that's over, they get put back into the, the daily pool there. So that's mm -hmm. kind of how I run that. Um, but segmenting is just important too, because obviously sometimes I'll send an email about a product and I want to make sure I exclude people who already bought that product um, mm -hmm. because it just wouldn't make sense to pitch them on it again. Um, mm -hmm. And then as far as engagement goes, yeah, so the biggest thing today, especially with iOS 15 and all these different things, is mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you at least have a 20% open rate. And the best way to do that, like you said, is just to make sure you're not sending emails to people who haven't opened in a long time. So mm -hmm. for me, for example, on my list, I'll send to everybody who has opened within the last 90 days. Um, mm -hmm. So if it's been more than 90 days, I don't want to email that person just because remember, like it's cool to have a big email list, but if you send to the entire list, your open rates are going to be very, very low. Yep. And then yep. Google and Yahoo and Hotmail, they'll see that and they'll be like, hey, why are your open rates so low? I guess people don't want to read your emails. We're going to put you in spam. And that's mm -hmm. how people usually end up there. It's, um, they send to way too many people and their open rates are way below 20 percent um, or just that they're not sending content that people want to read. Um, so that's what I recommend for segmenting. Now, on occasion, like once every few months, I'll send a re-engagement email to those inactive leads just to see how many of them I can get back. Now, obviously, I'm not doing that often for the same reasons that I just mentioned. Um, but typically, I'll um, the subject line on that will be remember me. And the from name will just be my initials. So it's like very curious. And then once they open the email, I kind of re-explain who I am and what I do and then give them some kind of freebie. Um, just so if they open the email, um, they're added back to the list and they can also get like a little rundown and a reminder of who I am and what I do. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's how I view segmenting and lists. Um, I pretty much just use it based on, you know, different actions that people take as well as engagement. I don't do it too much outside of that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And last but not the least, please tell us the most important metrics we should follow. We already touched that, you know, opening rate and inactive leads. But is there anything else we should definitely look for? Yeah, so I always work it backwards um, from the end to the beginning. So obviously sales, every business has to have sales, right? So in order to get sales, you have to get people to click the link in the email so they can get to the sales page. Um, and then they're working backwards from their open rate. So I'm just always thinking like working backwards and thinking like, okay, where is the, where is the broken link in this path? So it's like if I had a great open rate, but not many people clicked, that means my subject line was good, but the body copy of my email wasn't. Or if a lot of people open and a lot of people clicked, but not many people bought, maybe that means that my landing page wasn't very good. So it's, you know, it's a very simple process, but it's just really understanding where to find the broken links. Hmm. Love that. Love that. You, you really made it sound very, very natural right now. <laughs> It shouldn't be something overwhelming. So please, Troy, tell us, where can people find you and l learn more about you and, and uh, what you do? Sure, yeah. So I'm actually very active on Facebook, but um, of course, I'm an email guy. So if you want to kind of get on my list, I created this um, document that takes pretty much every frequently asked question that people ask me about email. And um, I put it into a document and answered all of them for you. And you can get that at faqemail.com. 
Um, and so obviously that'll get you the FAQ document and that'll put you on my list so you can kind of like read my stories and kind of see how I do things. So um, mm -hmm. either Facebook if you're a social media person or you can do faqemail.com if you want to um, get on my list and see the magic for yourself. Yeah, we do want to see that. So we will put those links next to this episode. Thank you so much, Troy. But last but not the least, we have this one minute podcast part. Are you ready? I am very ready. <laughs> Perfect. So I will ask a question and uh, I hope you can answer uh, within one minute each question, not all of them, right? Okay. <laughs> so let's do this. Please share a song that inspires you and why. I love the Unforgiven by Metallica because it shows like the life of a young man who started following like social norms and quickly realized by the time or not quickly, but by the time he was an old man, he realized that he was following these norms and he could have lived a life that was his own. But the song just really speaks to me about how um, you have to like do things your way and, and just not fall into all the norms out there. Love that. So deep. Thank you. The next question, please share a quote you relate with and why. Advantages are taken, not handed out. And obviously I, I kind of like that for the same reason is. Um, there's a lot of people who wait for things to happen to them, but you have to understand like all the advantages out there that, and like all the good things that can happen in your life. You create those by taking action instead of waiting for them to happen. So powerful again. <laughs> Thank you. And, um, and the last question. So what are the five email marketing fundamentals to really thrive results? Ooh, um, so I would say, first of all, your offer. Second, mm -hmm. being able to write every single day with like good content like we talked about. Um, third would be that little checklist of things I talked about for like a good subject line and like good copywriting. Um, fourth would be just making sure that you're sending as often as you can and just staying in communication with people. Um, and then fifth would just be, you know, just do the thing, just send it, just like, you know, come off as a friend when you write and just, just put yourself out there and, and go do it and start now instead of just uh, trying to make everything so perfect. Love that. Thank you so much, Troy. So if, uh, if you feel like you need some help here or some accountability, then I'm sure Troy is willing to help you. <laughs> yes, of course. And I read all my own emails. So if you opt in and you have a question, you just reply mm -hmm. and then um, I can help you out. Perfect. So thank you so much for coming here today. It was, it was amazing and very useful uh, listening. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Powerful Marketing Tips podcast. But make sure to link up with us at our free monthly international mastermind event. Just go to powerful-marketers.com forward slash mastermind. We would really appreciate it if you would rate this podcast and leave a comment wherever you tune in to listen. That will help us and other potential uh, new listeners. Until next time.